Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, Scott Needham. I am a Amazon seller and the goal of this podcast is to help you and your Amazon business uh, change for the better so we can give you some strategies uh, for tomorrow. And, you know, every once in a while, actually, this is pretty common. I see something on the wild that I really like. When I mean the wild, like that's probably LinkedIn, Reddit, or whatever, where someone is changing the conversation and uh, saying some very interesting things that I hope to use in my business. And this like podcast, like there's some things I'm going to learn that I know I will be using in my business. I'll be talking with my brand manager on Tuesday. Be like, okay, here we go. Um, so I came across a Reddit post that talked about, you know, how to use PR, how to uh, increase conversion rate on your pages. And I, I reached out and he agreed to come on. So I got Philip with me with, from Black Compass Digital and had a few Reddit posts that were like way above the average post. Uh, he, he was uh, teaching rather than uh, just asking random questions. Philip, welcome to the podcast. Scott, thanks for having me on. All right. I've got a question. Is this your first podcast? Uh, I would say this is like my first official podcast that I've been a guest of. You know, okay. I've been well, we, I've been on some podcasts with like some local friends, but right. those never made it to air. Well, we we have uh, dozens of listeners. Actually, I'm not joking. We have a few thousand, so um, it's a decent show. And um, but we're gonna jump in, like, so people don't know we're gonna like ultimately say a few tricks that I do believe will increase your conversion rate. That's the end thing. But I want to know a little bit more about. Um, you seem a little, uh, uh, you're, you're very experienced. Where, how did you get your, uh, your feet wet in uh, this industry? Yeah, so I started selling on Amazon in 2016. I did OARA, uh, arbitrage. Yep. And, you know, I didn't really enjoy that. The margins were, were low. You were always battling against people with, you know, uh, repricers, right? So a friend of mine that I met, um, that I'm actually partners now with my agency, he was doing private label. And I was with him since day one. When he launched his very first product, I saw exactly how he did it. And I've been in touch with him ever since. And he grew his business over the period. And I said to myself, wow, I actually kind of want to pivot to go to private label now, because not only do I have my own brand, the margins are better, but this is actually something that I can build into now, right on and off Amazon. So we built, uh, I started my own PL seriously in 2019. It's been going strong since, you know, currently have a multi seven figure store. And in 2020, before COVID kind of ruined everything here, um, my partner, Sean, and I, we were just talking over dinner one night. Hey, would it be smart if we branched off into an agency? You know, we've been in the Amazon space for a little bit now. We have a lot of friends who are Amazon sellers and they kept bugging us. Can you please do our PPC for us? Like, this is such mind numbing work. We don't want to get our hands dirty. We just want to grow a business and launch more products. So it really was born out of by accident. And yeah, ever since mm -hmm. then, we've been just growing our agency along with it as well. Yeah, I, uh, you know, sometimes a private label business actually isn't a, if you, once you've done the, done the heavy lifting, it's easier to maintain over the long term. So I'm not surprised that, you know, you, you can find some time to uh, lend your knowledge to other people. Well, um, so let's jump into the, uh, the, the Reddit posts. Actually, like, I'll be, before I say that, like, I love anyone that has like, you know, a retail arbitrage, like roots. I'm like, okay, you know, like how to be a little scrappy and, 
um, it's a great way to like learn about the ecosystem and then, um, uh, but then you, you jumped into like different business models that have different upsides. So um, I, I, I love your background. Um, okay, so you talked about a post about how like, you know, you can do PR uh, for um, uh, a brand and that there's some like major benefits to this. Um, jump and tell the, teach the audience a little bit about like the different types of PR and what the advantages uh, are of them. And then we'll jump into like how you can leverage that to increase your conversion rate. Yeah. So PR from my experience is a nice to have, but not a mandatory. It's actually there to feel whatever is already working for you, right? It's an accelerator. So in terms of some of the few PRs that are very common, right? You have brand showcase where it's just kind of a dedicated article talking about the brand, maybe some of the best sellers, the founder, as well as the mission and the story behind it all. You have product showcase where it talks about a singular brand. Usually you would either do it for a new product release or a bestseller. And then and, finally, yeah. Yeah. And then a, a product showcase, does that mean like, is this like just like one article or does this go on the wire or is this a what? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just a one article about the product. Now, if you cleverly structure it, you can actually set up a follow-up post afterwards saying like, I've used this product for six months now. Here's the update, right? That's a, that's another way you can actually get them to write about a second follow-up. Who, 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 who does the product showcases? So there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, you know, you can pay people to write for it. You can code pitch them. Um, to write about it. It really depends on how they work in terms of the publication. So for example, if you go to Forbes, there's no way you can pay them to write a sponsored post for you. You'd actually have to code pitch them or they'd be interested in reaching out to you, right? There are other publications where they'd be like, okay, well, you know what? We can write a dedicated uh, post for you, but as a result, we need to charge you some money, usually two, $3,000, right? I really don't recommend that because by law, they have to disclose that is it is sponsored because they uh, paid for it, right? So okay. I would avoid those at all costs. Now, the last one is really product gift guide, right? Um, when you're in those, like, for example, top best gifts this holiday season for men, or maybe the top 10 uh, travel gifts that you need this summer, those by far are the best because what happens is that the writer is usually more experienced in that field. They'll curate a list together and then they'll have maybe 10, 20 products at once. And then they'll attach an affiliate link across each of the product, right? So it's either going to be Amazon or it's going to be one of the proper affiliate sites like AWIN, share a sale attached to it. So those ones generally get a lot of traffic. Yeah. Um, but that still leaves like, you still have to connect with someone. If you want your product to be featured on like a gift guide, um, it could be, a. I mean, I don't, I don't know who to talk to, you know, I could go to like uh, buzzfeed.com, but I still uh, feel like I'm a, a step or two behind. Yeah. So there's two ways to kind of go about it, right? You can go paid or you can go the free way. So I'll mention both, right? Yeah. So the paid way is you can either go with a, a PR agent or a PR firm. And what happens is that you obviously pay a monthly retainer fee for them. They, if they're working well and they know what they're doing, they usually have connections to the writers already in these industries, right? 
And all they have to do is basically pitch on your behalf. Nothing is guaranteed uh, as a matter of fact, because if they say that I know a writer in Forbes does not necessarily mean that they can get you in Forbes, right? It really is case by case. Now, also something you should really consider when working with a PR agency is that sometimes they will actually need to come to you and ask for money on the side. It's kind of a part of a dirty part of the business in PR. The writers, they don't really make a lot of money um, as a whole. So what happens is they'll come to you and say, hey, I can get you in a Forbes, but it's going to cost you $5,000. You know, um, do you want in or not, right? So something to consider as well. They can basically make the introduction for you and they can really speed it up. So it's really pay to play. Now, if you don't want that, the free version is that you can actually go hunt for these writers yourself and then cold pitch them. So my best way to do it and where we've seen a lot of success for in our brands is that I'd go to Google News and I would type in either my keywords or my biggest competitors. And Google News will show you the latest news around those keywords or brands in chronological order. You can go on there. You can easily find the writer. Nowadays, the writers remove their emails because you can imagine they get spammed a lot with pitches. So what you can do afterwards is you can try to find them on LinkedIn, and then you can use a tool like Signal Hire or Contact Out, which directly extracts their email. And sometimes if you're lucky, you can even extract their phone number as well, their cell phone number uh, from their LinkedIn profile. Now, if you can't find them on LinkedIn, what I usually recommend is what is called a Boolean search. Uh, a Boolean search is actually just a string of codes where you can type in certain keywords and other keywords so that you're forcing Google to show you a very specific results of what you want. So for example, let's say I want to find a writer in Forbes, right? John Doe, writer of Forbes. I would put John Doe, quote unquote, at all caps and A-N-D, and then I'll put quote unquote Forbes, all caps A-N-D, and then quote unquote LinkedIn. Now, what this means in the Google search is that Google must find a John Doe that is associated with Forbes that also has LinkedIn in the search. So usually what comes up is their LinkedIn profile as a result. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of this cold outreach. I uh, got my product featured on um, Product Hunt, uh, my, my software tool, Smart Scout, and I actually did it through Twitter. I reached out to about 10 uh, of the top people. And I, I got one that he did it. You know, I actually, I did a personal touch message and we, we were featured last Wednesday. It did all right. It wasn't like crazy good, Congrats! Uh, but you know, um, it's like, we got a link out of it. I could say, you know, featured on product hunt. Um, and, but it, it was a very similar, you know, like grassroots, just like you, you've got to, to work it. And, so I, I like some of those strategies, you know, re reaching out to the writers and then, you know, you got to get good at cold emails, cold approaches, uh, which is really funny because in your uh, Reddit post, you also talked about how to have a quality uh, uh, cold email. You linked um, Sam Parr's uh, guide, which, you know, I've actually sent to my team. We love uh, uh, his approach. And so... Um, but you're going to have a lot of misses. If you're going to, if you're going to like really, really do this, uh, it's going to take, you know, 10, 20, 30 riders to finally, you know, get, um, uh, a success. And, um, 
So we went through this whole process, got a little bit of PR. We got an article written about us. Maybe that, maybe if we're lucky, that article actually brings us traffic. But in a lot of cases, it might not bring a significant amount of traffic or, or uh, purchases. So um, uh, how, how do we, how do we uh, yeah, how do we capitalize on this? Yeah, so when you get featured in PR, it rarely moves the needle, right? I've, I've tried it all. Um, for the really few exceptions, like if you get in Wirecutter, like best men's gift this Christmas for Wirecutter, there is a pretty good chance you will see an influx of sales, right? Yeah. But that's far and few in between. What you need to do with PR afterwards actually is to take the feature and leverage it and brand it anywhere and everywhere as possible for your brand. So for example, one of the things that I really tell our clients and just Amazon sellers in general, if you've been featured in PR, seriously consider adding that as your image in image two slot for your listing. So right underneath your hero image, that's where you show off your PR feature. Do now, you, why do, do you um, just give up? Do you just put a little badge um, or do you like take more? Uh, like how, how much in the photo is, is this being featured? Yeah. So if you only have one uh, feature, right? If you just got your first feature, what I would do is put the product on one side, left or right, and put the badge, the PR uh, logo publication on the other side. And what you will do is actually feature a quote written by the writer themselves and even add their oh, name. I love and, this. And as well. So in case people try to call call you out on it, all they have to do is find the writer, the article, your brand, and, they'll, and it will immediately pop up on first page I, of Google. I love that. You're actually hitting two or three things at once. You're hitting some authority by, by using, you know, specifically if you're able to get into a publication that people could recognize, uh, uh, you know, uh, Forbes, uh, BuzzFeed, uh, something that like is real, uh, even, even Yahoo News. Um, and um, then you're actually putting in a product review in quotations. Um, but like it's from the article. Now, um, I, I actually don't even know. I, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. If like, if this is completely above board, can you have a, can you put product reviews in um, your uh, images on Amazon? Like, you know, second, third, fourth, or fifth, like, like um, even if it's just like a, just a quotation, it seems like you, you can. You can, you can leave a uh, review of the product. Now, the part where Amazon kind of has a bit of an issue is that if you literally screenshot the reviews of Amazon and try to put it as an image, uh, we've, are some of our clients have tried that before and the image yeah, did not yeah. make it through but if well, you're just yeah right i think the way to do it is like a lot of times in the second image where you have a little bit more creative control you you, you want to show a benefit to the uh customer and if you just put a quotation like you know uh of like what something someone said then that's a benefit and it, it's yeah it's like half review half like talking about the product um i, I I think it's above board. Sorry, I'm just drawing a blank. I because usually I have like this, like these goggles where I know if something is like above board or not. But that one actually feels pretty good. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know if um, I've had uh, an episode on this podcast where like you talk about like people always talk about brand building, but man, like this is effective. This is like work that can take you know a little bit of time a little bit of sweat to, um, to get that, that piece of PR. Um, 
And, but then you, but you, you did it exactly right. You, you relay that into um, your content because people, they're looking for things to trust right now. They actually do. I don't care what people say. Like they still do trust reviews. Um, the, the, you know, if you see four and a half stars, like, yeah, like there's, you're getting some trust from most shoppers. Another way is like to throw, to throw that PR, throw those badges into a product. We actually used to have a product that we would sell and they were so insistent that on the second image that we throw in like, you know, as featured on food network or um, another like TV channel. And like, it was true. So I didn't realize at the time how it's a conversion lift. Um, what kind of results have you seen with this? Yeah. So when we first tried it out with one of our first clients, right, they were in the home and kitchen space, specifically the cereal accessory space. And they've been featured everywhere. BuzzFeed, Forbes, you know, Refinery29, Vogue, they, they got featured everywhere because they were mainly a Shopify brand that just moved to Amazon. So we decided, hey, let's do this as a test. We're not going to touch anything else. We're going to let it run as a seven-day period. Then we're going to do a post-mortem on your business reports. I want to see exactly how much of a conversion lift and everything happened. So seven days later, after we changed the image, their listing got a 24.6% increase in conversions just from that single change in the image alone. So, so um, I mean, and uh, with that being- what, Yeah, were you featuring that on the second image or the first? Second, yeah. All second image. The way I see listing images in Amazon, all six or seven, right? Depending on how many images you want. I see it as a landing page format. Yeah. So, right. So what is usually in a landing page or a homepage? It's usually your biggest PR features, right? And then image three, four, five is kind of where you start leading into the juicy part of your product. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been uh, diving deep into like landing pages as, you know, I have a, a service that I'm pitching people. And it's amazing how uh, when you, the more you learn about it, the more like uh, reviews and like authority, like, uh, or uh, the social proof, sometimes they'll call it like how much it impacts how we feel about a brand, even though all it is is a logo, uh, but uh, it, I don't know, it, it builds trust. It also builds brand equity as well and brand goodwill yeah. to your company, right? So when if you decide to sell your company, private equity firms, your competitors, they will look for this and actually factor this into your price because if you're a brand that is doing well on revenue, you got strong EBITDAs, but for whatever reason, they just haven't heard about you, it will diminish your valuation. But if they see that you've been featured here and there and there, then they already have this subliminal uh, thought that, okay, this brand is actually has quite a big of a presence. I wonder how much more of an addition uh, it would strengthen our entire company, our portfolios of companies, if we were to acquire this brand. So there's a reason why a lot of big companies actually have a marketing budget just dedicated to nonstop PR because they just want to continue building that brand goodwill. Yeah. Um, sheesh. It's, it's not easy work. Um, I have, uh, I've paid a PR firm to get us on the wire and actually, you know, it wasn't too expensive. Um, and, but then I've seen a lot of quotes for, you know, a few thousand dollars a month for uh, some of these PR firms. And, um, but I'm always like, well, what, what does it take to do this by myself or to even like have someone on my team do it? 
it's hard to get someone on your team just to do it because, you know, it's a little overwhelming. Some of these steps, finding a person and convincing someone to do something uh, that you want them to do. So um, I, 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 I totally recommend um, actually going through, uh, you know, Philip's posts on Reddit, all each, like there's like three or four of them that, that did really well. Um, if you wanted to find one and, you know, follow up, basically like, it's like, we could call it the show notes of this podcast. Um, I'll, I'll try and get it in the show notes, uh, itself, but, um, you know, it, just the fulfillment by Amazon subreddit, subreddit, uh, it's called don't neglect getting PR for your brand. Here's how we do it. And, uh, it's, it's pretty much a guide, uh, just like, uh, what we're talking about, but I, there's a few details I didn't know. But I'm glad you uh, clarified um, on on this podcast. Do you think there's something about this PR stuff that uh, that we didn't cover that uh, uh, we, we got to consider? I mean, obviously, like like conversion rate uh, should sell the should sell this whole thing, and I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. Yeah, um, just I mean, kind of my closing thoughts on that part is really consider using PR in your Amazon video ads, right? So when you first open it up, immediately just have it there as the second scene, right? Just very quickly or, you know, show it in the corner when someone is already using the product. It actually does help as a result. I see it as a net positive, not yeah. a net negative, right? I mean, Brands do this all the time. We are uh, getting into the customer's psychology. We're using what they care against them to uh, get them to buy our product. No, absolutely. I, I, I love it. This is great. Um, and conversion rate lifts are, uh, they're worth their weight in gold. Um, you had another post and I just have to ask, cause it's just like interesting to me because I might do it myself. I actually returned. I actually think by reading one of yours, uh, posts about user generated content, I was like, I'm going to try this. And so I returned, uh, some of our product to my house. I'm like, I'm just going to create a video and uh, see what I can do. Uh, I think I do it as a curiosity. I do a lot of things for the podcast just so I have a little bit of a, you know, I, I know what it takes and I was going to film some videos, but I haven't done that part yet, but I've gotten halfway through. So you, um, we know that like user generated content is uh, growing as a successful way to advertise and promote a product. What we're talking about is just random people using the product and, it's this kind of authenticity that people connect with. If you use TikTok, you can see how effective, like how like the, the way that the style of videos of like TikTok has kind of changed the way that a lot of people uh, consume media, just like a lot more uh, transparency um, and, it's, and relatable, you know, an ad is an ad. You throw in like, you know, heavy music and it's highly edited and like, we're trained to just like tra treat it like an ad, but like when someone's just like talking to a camera and being normal, maybe as normal as we're being on this podcast, uh, that uh, it works. So um, tell uh, me a little bit about your experience about like with uh, uh, user generated content. We're just going to call it UGC from here on out. So uh, and um, how you leverage that on Amazon? Yeah. So. I don't know why, but a lot of Amazon sellers are not taking advantage of UGC. If you look at Shopify brands like Manscaped, Blendjet, Snow Teeth Whitening, really massive ones. If you go on Facebook ad library, 
and search them up, about 70% of their entire ads are all UGC. But for whatever reason, when you look at Amazon video ads of any product for the most part, I would say about 95% plus of brands are not leveraging it. I don't understand why. UGC is designed for middle of funnel, bottom of funnel acquisition, right? And when everyone has incredibly high buying intent on Amazon, that usually seals the deal, right? So with that being said, you know, we do tell our clients like, hey, forget everything you know about Amazon video ads. I want you to focus on UGC. And many of them, I'll be frank with you, have not had a lot of experience with it. So we will guide them. We'll show them how to do it how to structure the negotiation, how to frame the scenes, right? And we really tell them, listen, it's really not that big of a scary, it's not that scary uh, of a thing to pursue. What we tell them is to maximize their dollars here is that all you really need is five high quality UGC videos of the same format. So, you know, scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four, scene five is all the same, just five different people. And what you can do now is you can now do what is called a UGC mashup, where you take different people from different scenes, put it together, there's an ad, right? You take person one, uh, UGC video one, UGC video five, put it together, there's another ad. One, two, and five, there's another ad. So now you can make almost like infinite amounts of creatives from just five uh, UGCs that you got. Do you do a lot of script coaching or like, do you give them a script? You're like, hey, can you just talk about like this, this, and this, or do... If there's, it really depends on the product. So for example, if it's like a skincare that we really have something specific in there, for example, an ingredient uh, that we know our competitors are not using and that makes us unique, we will tell them you have to include this. So what we send them ahead of time is what is called a talking point list, right? We'll send them, here's our product. Here's actually all our main talking points. I like that you do the talking point and not a script. Script is going to sound like a script, but talking points are like, oh, just make sure you bring this up and it will come across way more authentic. Exactly. Yeah. We give them the talking points and we give them the outline of the video, right? In this scene, you know, we want you to do this, but in terms of how you execute it, it's up to you. Why don't you um, do these videos? Do you hire other people to do these videos or like, do you do them yourselves or like with friends and family and just be like, Hey, let's just like, can I just like record you doing this and just say this? We we tend to, so our agency, we're kind of building out the content studio. Uh, we eventually, we want to ha- actually be able to offer that in-house, have full control of it. So that, that way we can keep the quality there. But for now, you know, we do tell our clients like, hey, listen, these are the areas that we go to get UGC content, right? These are some of the people that we worked with before. I think they'll be a great fit. Happy to warm intro you. Here were the rates. Right. So it's very predictable. And that way, you know, in that sense, they can actually have an idea of what it is because we've done it before and we're just kind of guiding them throughout the entire process. Like I said, it doesn't have to be daunting. All we just need is really just five complete UGC videos. And then now you can turn it, change it into however many ways you want it. Right. And when we find an ad that works, we then go tell them, go make more variations of that same ad, right? Instead of this font size, give it a different font, right? A text overlay of this color instead. So this actually allows us to quickly identify a winning ad creative for Amazon video ads at the same time. Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you showed up. There's a lot to hear. I, I think there's two or three things that um, if you're building a brand right now on Amazon, like you have to like consider these things. I've always loved the video ads. I think Amazon finally nailed the placement. Like it's just kind of like, it's not in the way, 
but it's engaging and they give it a really good placement. I mean, they've been around for a while, so it's not like it's unknown, but is it leveraged correctly? No. Why? Because it's actually kind of hard. You know, you have to build the video ad. You don't have to just like click a few buttons from your chair. Um, I think, well, I think the juice is worth a squeeze because as of currently right now, Amazon video ads, I think they're still only allowed to show you one video ad per listing page. So Amazon is not like TikTok or Instagram where everything is a video now. If they added all of that, it looks spammy. It'd be a net negative to the customer experience. So if you win the bid and get your video ad appearing on that listing page, it's literally your video against a sea of static images. So all eyes are basically on you. And that's something you should really consider if you're deciding to run video ads or not, is that it is incredibly highly engaging and Amazon cannot just easily add Do video slots. Do you find uh, the, uh, the uh, ACoS is better on those ads? Yeah, so on average, if everything's done right and we already have good keyword data to act on, we usually see anywhere between a five to an eight return on ad spend, uh, ROAS, oh, and we, and we usually- really good. Yeah, and then we usually see anywhere from mid-teens to high-teens in ACoS. That's yeah. um, yeah. that's really good. Um, and uh, I mean, honestly, like I've been in ads now for a little bit with a private label business. Like anything better than like twenty-five percent, I'm like, wow, awesome, yeah. great, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, well, um, I I hope I can uh, rally my team and. Uh, we can uh, get on top of this. And um, this is making me rethink a lot of things. Um, okay. Well, um, Philip, uh, I like to, as, as we wrap up, I like to ask, you know, I guess like if they have a smart hack on uh, life and business, you've already given us a few on business, but um, uh, I'll, I'll, what, do you have a smart hack for us? I'll give you one more uh, for UGC business. This is uh, something that we just started doing. And I would say right now it's working really well for us. It's actually, you can find a lot of UGC creators on Twitter. So if you type in UGC, I don't know why, but there's a huge community of them there. The great thing is that- It's a great side hustle. Exactly. The thing is that a lot of these creators, they're not well-known, I'll be frank, right? They're trying to make UGC their full-time job. So I respect that. And they are very professional about it. They have their email. They even have their own Canva page where you can see who they are, what they're about, what their pricing is, what their past works are. Here's my portfolio of works. And I'll be honest with you, a video is maybe like $100, $150. And, it's, and the best part is that you can actually go to the TikTok page and see their quality of work. And you can decide for yourself if this is something that you want. So this removes the second guessing entirely. And just a couple of things too, is that because they're kind of small, it really is up to you if you want to be sharky with them on the offer, right? You can either negotiate down on the video or you can keep it at their rate and you can ask for a lot of additional ask, right? Raw files, open to multiple edits, you know, have them uh, post your video on TikTok. Uh, right now, we find that Amazon showing off Amazon products on TikTok is working incredibly well. Hashtag uh, Amazon finds and hashtag Amazon must-haves. Those two hashtags alone have a couple billion impressions right now because people on TikTok love finding uh, products on Amazon and love discovering it that way. We tell them that's an angle that can use, usually does very well. 
Uh, and then also we can even tell them, I want you to include my Amazon link in your TikTok profile, in your TikTok bio for let's say four to five days, right? It's really up to you, but because they're just starting out, what I'm trying to get at here is that you can either negotiate down on their video rates or you can ask, give them what they want, but you can have a lot more ask with them. And because they are willing to build that relationship with you and really willing to impress you with it, they're most likely going to agree to your terms. Love it. Um, this is, uh, I, I, I've got lots of ideas. Dang, I'm going to have fun with this one. Thank you so much, Philip, for uh, uh, coming on. Um, your company is blackcompass.digital. That's like the website. Yep. Uh, and then um, you're open to people reaching out to you. Yeah, absolutely. You can reach out to me at phil with one L at blackcompass.digital. That's my email. Or you can just uh, hit me up on Twitter at Phil J as in Jack, Lee L-I. That's my Twitter handle. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much. And guys, you should check out these Reddit posts. Uh, they're, they're, they're good on their own. And you know, um, I can't uh, wait to act like this, uh, this podcast actually kind of like gelled it all together. Um, well, uh, thank you. We'll wrap up there. Um, thank you everyone for listening. I'll catch you on the next week's episode. Take One, care. Two, three. Woo!